Welcome back to another Untitled Tribeca Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Legs, bodies, arms. <laughs> Legs, bodies, arms. Legs, bodies, arms. Um, today we are reviewing The Novice, which just premiered at the 2021 Tribeca Film Festival, directed by Lauren Hathaway. And starring um, Isabel uh, Furman, who was an orphan in 2009, which is what I see here on Tribeca. And she was um, also in uh, the the Hunger Games uh, as well as one of the right, right, villain right, characters right. in that. Yeah, totally forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. Eh, no problem, um, Eric. How are you on this Monday, Matt? You know, I'm I'm ready to rock and roll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, okay. So you watch this movie in the morning. I watched this. This was my last movie, uh, for the night and I knew it was going to be intense, but I wasn't expecting it to be a film where you're waiting to exhale. Oh, and yeah. the only time that you can do that is when the credits roll. Like mm-hmm. it is such and even then yeah. a intense psycho sexual sex, psycho sexual drama that kind of perfectly i think almost encapsulates it's not a pandemic movie but the idea of losing track of time and thought and being so focused and and obsessed on one thing that you basically are consumed by it body and soul and like it's just one of those movies that viscerally gets you into the mindset uh of its protagonist who is Mm -hmm. this sort of you know academic um but also she's somebody alex Dahl, who's played by uh uh, isabel uh Furman, who is you know always trying to be the best at the thing that she's the worst at or the thing that she's not as successful at. to prove people wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She's not doing it because she loves, you know, the courses that she's taking, whether it be physics or necessarily rowing. It's that somebody else is either better at her at it or somebody said that she cannot succeed. So she Mm -hmm. has to be the best to the point where she will take a test three to four times over and obsess over it. But I think the, the real star of this movie, I mean, the performance by Furman is, is, is incredibly intense and, and just, it, it it sucks you in uh, and you know, you're waiting for the film to capsize as, as you think (laughs) that this movie is going to like lead to, you know, basically this person self-destructing. But I would say that the cinematography and God, the gorgeous. sound design specifically – Lauren Hathaway was a sound uh, Was a sound, sound editor. And yeah, because and, 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 yeah, I mean like a film that I'm sure this will be compared to and she was a sound editor on was Whiplash. So like oh, really? the scenes where – Because it was Whiplash and Black Swan that it kind of – Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it has those head. kind of competitive qualities <clears throat> to them and, and even like repulsion and things like that where you have a character or even like even some Cronenberg stuff like there was a lot of body horror in this oh, that yeah. I was really surprised with sort of like the the idea that you 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 punish yourself physically to the point of your body is telling you I can't take this much stress and you see that with you know the calluses on on the hands and the veins thinning out and and you know watching this you're kind of thinking to yourself like this movie it is so good at getting you into 
sort of the the character, as I mentioned, the mindset of the character, but the idea of being stuck with that character for you know the, this hour and a half and just kind of being completely immersed in the idea that you know she is going to do whatever it takes to be the best and she is going to alienate people she is going to destroy herself she's going to destroy any relationship she has uh destroy her body destroy yeah. her body and it's like well to what end you know like what mm. what what why what why are you doing this <laughs> other than you're you know you have an obsessive compulsive personality yeah. there's a great line from one of her you know uh, coaches that is like you're a student athlete like yeah. it's not it's that big of a deal first yeah like it's not it's okay you'll get like and again she is the titular novice and she's in her first year and she's got years to get better at this and and make that varsity team and like and things like that so yeah i'm totally with you that i think this movie and its blend of cinematography with the music and editing and like you said sound and a, a a great fucking performance um i think is easily the best thing that i've seen at tribeca and probably up there in in the upper tier of things that i've watched this year that i just um I just really, really like this from start to beginning. I mean, we compared it to two movies uh, or more than two movies, but Whiplash, which I, I haven't seen since, you know, it was in cinemas and and I was mixed on it. Um, uh, but Black Swan, a movie that I absolutely love that I kept thinking about watching this, that you said like a psychosexual thriller um, kind of has elements of that in, in here. And um, again, very different movies where Aronofsky's Black Swan is more of a pure um kind of well there's an element of supernatural um, where this the only thing that's uh, horrific is the things that this character is willing to do to be the best and like i mentioned body horror like obviously david cronenberg comes up with that but the body horror in this is the the physicality that this character self-inflicted self-mutilation um yeah and like you can watch this and 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 it it could play like a horror movie like it does have that kind of quality it's just not it it would be the elevated horror where it's not necessarily supernatural it's just psychological right like it's and that's where it gets Mm -hmm. you sort of completely immersed in this character's perspective but what i also really love about it is uh, the script and the story isn't necessarily judgmental of her doing this. It actually does show sides to the character of being like, okay, well, you know, yes, this character is going to have an emotional break at some point. You know, th- you're waiting for the elastic band to finally to snap, yeah. snap. But you see other characters in this story, like Amy Forsythe's character, Brill, who is also competing and also keeps talking about, like, you know, wanting to beat the people with the silver spoon. But she does some things that are just as bad um, as Furman's character. And there's a great sort of confrontation uh, sort of in the third act of this movie where they lay all their cards on the table and sort of have a moment where they just are literally at each other's throats. And in that moment, I think you are as sort of sympathetic or empathetic towards Furman in terms of how the bureaucracy and sort of the idea of, you know, this being as political as any job or any career or any sort of, you know, sports sort of industry, you know, who gets to be where and what position. Sometimes it doesn't matter how talented you are. It's there's this weird pecking order of entitlement. Politics and yeah, yeah. and stuff like that too. Yeah. And I think the movie just executes that stuff so well and, and just nails that obsession or someone who 
you know, is so obsessive compulsive over one thing of, of needing to be the best at something that they're not necessarily that good at, but will, will go a hundred and 200% just to try to like, I just don't have that motivation, right? If I'm not good at something, I'm like, I'll never do that fucking thing again. Right. So it's like, I'm always fascinated with shit like this. And I think the movie just has such a great style to it that almost could have been too much like or could have been style over substance and you feel is, that at first right yeah. like i think the first like 10 15 minutes of the movie you're kind of adjust adjusting to it because the score bit. is very uh it's Bombastic like it's, and aggressive yes, yeah and, yeah uh, and and the editing is that way too and there are stylistic flourishes where we talk about black swan being more having a supernatural element where this doesn't necessarily have that but it has these stylistic flourishes where you see a a crow or or even later in the movie there's more interesting things that they do with that and just kind of like or flashes well, she's hallucinating on the screen because and, uh, of lack of sleep and, yeah and again like i really like that idea of how it depicts sort of like loss of time or like the idea that you know this is she's so lasered in on this with like this tunnel vision that everything else around her is just a blur you know like yes. everything and else and the movie does a really good job in the cinematography and the editing to represent that like you're saying and i think um i absolutely agree with that and another thing i really like um we talked about psychosexual but the movie i don't think ever sexualizes really any of the characters or this group of women that are on this rowing team and anything like that although that that being said like I just loved its sense of like the physicality towards rowing in the movie as well and how fucking sweaty everyone was. Oh yeah. Like There's a I lot just of glistening like, in this. Yeah, and like <laughs> but it's it's like again not sexual not anything like it's just it the physicality of rowing and everyone is just it was so believable to me like in their workouts and afterwards and and the way that she would cut it of like going to that black void space of her like you said someone just so fucking in the zone that they just that don't they're know just like, they can't stop themselves they, and they, they need somebody to remove stop themselves them. yes and they and they just remove themselves from time and space and they're doing this one thing and, and the movie does and that's the the style stuff that i think works so well that could have you know been distracting or anything but it adds so much to this movie and then when they come out or when isabel uh comes out of her uh oh sorry what's her alex when alex yeah doll um when alex comes out of her workouts and she's just lying on the ground and then she kind of wakes up and almost like feels like each time she was fainting and at one point she does actually like faint and um and it's just the physicality and all the workouts and even them. And then it's just beautiful. Like the shots it like, cause all the, their workouts take place at like five in the morning and things like that. So a lot of the times they'll be working out for five, six hours in the morning before they even go to their like first classes and stuff. So there's a lot of that, like sunrise kind of like not midnight hour. What's that? Like dawn kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Magic hours, um, but magic hours. A lot stuff of it is, and, is, is shot in kind of like, if it's not taking place at night, um, or like early morning, still in night, it has this overcast gray kind of yes, look to yeah. it, but it works perfectly for the film's tone and the, and the style overall. And like, there is this interesting, like, I don't think you really need to know a lot about rowing. Like you could replace rowing with, you know, sport A, B or C or anything that someone could obsess over. It's just more so getting into the, the, the minutia and the details of it and sort of like looking at, okay, well you can put in like the ideas that you know you have to 
put 10,000 hours to worth be an expert of, at something, be an expert, but it's How not many just hours that. of podcasting. Do you think we've done? Yeah, not enough. Cause we're not experts. <laughs> uh, but, but, but then on top of that, you have to think of like, um, you know, there's this conversation of technique as well, right? Like it's not just sort of the workouts and you know, the training, you have to have your own style, but it, you also have to coordinate with, um, you know, your, your team, you have to be a team player to a certain uh, degree. And that stuff is interesting as well, where that goes. And there's a great visual image of her rising to the ranks where she literally climbs over teammates to come into like the second seat um, that mm-hmm. I thought was a really strong visual of that idea of sort of like, you know, uh, getting the upper hand and sort of being number one, because she's obviously doing it for herself. And there's that, that cliche, there's no I in team, but that's kind of what part of that is where like she is so determined and has that mentality of like I've got to be the best to prove everybody wrong to show everybody up and like there are little moments where like at the beginning where you know that one coach that you mentioned played by uh, Jonathan Cherry who a, a lot of people probably will Canadians will recognize him from uh, the Goon movies he plays one of the hockey players there but he was also in Final Destination That's where I he was saw also him. in Final Destination too he's the guy that gets killed um, by the fence with the barbed wire that explodes and cuts him into three incredible in three okay. parts. That's yeah. where I remembered him the most. I was thinking like, was I've this seen- shot in Canada? Cause there's a couple Canadian act. Cause Amy Forsythe's Canadian. Yeah. Too, that's right? a good, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It does have that kind of murky gray Canadian look to it, but it's much more stylized <laughs> yeah. in terms of like it's, yeah. it's vision. But I do think what it, I mentioned that it's not judgmental of the character, but I do think what it is critical of is the idea that institutions like universities, <laughs> prestigious universities, colleges, things like it that was shot in Peterborough. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that is incredible. Um, wow, my cousins live in Peterborough. Um, I've been there many, many times, and it looks as Peterborough's not and- that far from where Eric and I live. Yeah, it's it's happens. also very droll and depressing looking. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, perfect sense. Uh, that is awesome. But but I think it so is. It, cr- it would have been at Trent Trent University, probably, probably Trent. That yeah, because that is yeah. the major university. So Peterborough has roads where they're like literal roads. So like they have like one that's like. Um, uh, hockey road and it leads to a hockey arena or they have one that's like a uh, lake yeah. road and it leads to the lake um and it's also kind of looked upon as like um you know the hillbilly part of of uh ontario uh for a lot of people um i can say that because i i grew up there and and have family there and it is very much that um other than trent university trent university is kind of like that one kind of thing it's like you put like you know this big educational thing but i think again what this movie is critical of is the institutions that even though you know you have the coaches that aren't um condemning or sort of like they're 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 not they're they're saying okay you you can take it easy what have you but at the same time nobody is saying like you know stop or like you know, like they're they're still putting that idea, like oh, if you if you beat them or if you join the 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 V one group, you can get a scholarship. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you have that competitive edge mm-hmm. and you really want to be in this and do this and take it seriously, then you can go all the way and it looks good, you know, on your college report card or sort of you know going into the work world. It's it, it's one of those things where I feel like the institutions themselves should be blamed to a certain extent for right. l- allowing this the, behavior uh, yeah. to thrive, which is very toxic for these where, for these kids yeah. to be obsessed over this and wanting to be you know take it so 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 seriously that's like 
college sports in general, in my opinion. And well, just like having watched that I mean, Operation Varsity uh, documentary, where you had all the like the rich, you know, uh, families paying, um, you know, this this college counselor to get them into prestigious uh, schools and put them into like water polo and things like that, and and thinking like. It's more, that's more so like looking on like, okay, that's the parents onus on, on the kids than anything else, because the parents are living vicariously through the kids to, you know, go to these schools and say that they went to Harvard or Yale. But then you look at these institutions and the way that they kind of, you know, pound the idea of like, okay, well, you have to be the very best at this. And we're not going to necessarily tell you to kill yourselves over, over it, but we're not going to say don't. Mm-hmm. And this is yeah. what you're getting these people who are obsessive compulsive that have to win at everything, no matter what the cost is, no matter, you know, who they hurt, no matter what they do. And, you know, you have the coaches saying, relax, but that's not enough. You need, you need people to be like, okay, this is not going to be the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And yeah, I think, you know, this movie just does such a fucking good job with that. And um, it's just, I was mesmerized by the whole thing. And like, again, I think every aspect just comes together in this almost perfect. I'm trying to think of a criticism I even have. Um, I think, I think the, I think there are two endings to the movie. Like it kind of feels like there's one ending that kind of leaves you on a, a, a little bit of like a, what if, or like kind of like as a nice, the more ambiguous, the ambiguous one. And yeah. then there's another kind of subsequent ending that kind of feels like, it's kind of showing not us necessarily, but the characters around her at like, look like you guys were, you know, teaming up on her, making fun of her and doing all these horrible things to her, but you weren't actually maybe considering what she was going through. And that moment almost at the end feels to me like the characters finally see like they played a part in, in Mm -hmm. sort of, they were, you know, complicit in, in this. Yeah. Uh, I think it's awesome. Um, I definitely can't wait to see what um, Lauren Hathaway does next. If this is her debut movie, because I feel like maybe working like looking at her resume of stuff she worked in the sound department for, like even going back to Whiplash, like we talked about. But she's worked with some like huge directors, like uh, jokingly, like Transformers: Age of Extinction. She worked um, with Zack Snyder, right? Um, yeah, she just worked on Zack Snyder's Justice League. So yeah. uh, she worked on Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, the right, the original Justice League. Great um, double bill, Mamma Mia. Uh, Conjuring, Conjuring 2, Hateful Eight. So she's worked with Quentin Tarantino. Um, Southpaw, Conjuring 2, uh, Unbroken, Selma, uh, Ouija, uh, or Ouija. Uh, leprechaun origins um tons of stuff all your favorites in the yeah in the in the sound department it's a very eclectic mix of films yeah and there's even more in here too like to go through her whole thing so it's just cool to see someone who's worked you know mostly as a a dialogue and adr editor and supervisor and stuff like that and a sound editor like be a student of you know probably all these people that she's worked on these films with and then finally get her shot to make something of her own and, and to just, I think do a really, really great job on in a debut feature that just shows huge potential in that. Like if this is what she can do with her first, and I think she was a rower and stuff like that too. So well, she has it's a very short personal. as well that, yeah. that uh, called row that I think it's only like three minutes. I was looking it up yesterday and it, it's not about a perfectionist 
sort of trying to be the best. It's just sure, yeah. about like somebody um, after having an experience of almost drowning. Um, right, right, so, right. So yeah, I mean, you, you know, you obviously write from experience or write what you know or what you're familiar with. And obviously like, you know, the the jargon and the lingo, um, she makes very captivating. Like a, lo- like a lot of the stuff, again, like I'm not going to necessarily remember it other than like a lot of it has, you know, and they make the joke that, you know, a lot of it sounds like dirty terminology, you know, with like mm-hmm. the Cock shaft and-, and things like that. And there's like this whole, I think maybe the one thing I am a little bit critical of with the film itself is like the crab metaphor um, becomes a little bit much after a while, just with like, right. you know, putting the crab into the boiling pot and then like the crab keep, you know, that's what I was talking then, about, but I mentioned the crow, but there is a crab as well. Thank yeah, you for bringing that up. I didn't up. mind the crow. There's a visual of, uh, you know, it's really cool at the end, yeah, near the end, which, yeah. which works, I think is very, and again, because but the crab becomes a little, yeah, yeah. I get, I, yeah, I, I totally see that. I mean, I liked it, but it does come up maybe a little bit too often, but um, and then there's some just brut- brutality and like to point where it made me uncomfortable. Like the movie oh, it goes wall, to some places like, that are yeah. really unflinching. Like uh, like this yeah. is this movie is so self assured, so focused, so Confident, well done. Man. Yeah. yeah. Um, like and making a movie in Peterborough. I mean, <laughs> that is amazing to me that that movie was was shot in and around Peterborough. And I'm surprised I didn't recognize any of it because like it like that like. Yeah, At least that's what IMDb is telling this me. This is the best like, thing to know, come out of Peterborough ever. <laughs> you never know with IMDb, like if it's right. completely accurate, but like on IMDb, it says Peterborough. So maybe they ran um, into the Peterborough Pete's, <laughs> which I've been in up on the, um, the, the water up there in the, in the lift locks and stuff like that. Cause Jumper too, also so, shot um, in Peterborough. Jumper's the other movie yeah. to have shot Doug Lyman's Jumper. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but no, I th- I can't wait to see what she does next. So that's um, a, a obviously a very good sign. I'm going to give it a four out of five. I really liked it. I'm also going to give it a four out of five. Nice. Yeah, I think it's the best thing Ni- that I have nice seen. Nice or novice? Uh, nice. No, not. A, I mean, I guess it's a. She's technically a novice filmmaker, but um, just crushed it. Well, from this movie, um, you wouldn't notice that. You would think that she's been no. doing it her whole career. Yeah. Well, I guess technically she has working. Yeah on lots of movies. So, uh, yeah, it's awesome. So, um, I, it's not picked up by anyone yet, right? No, but I hope it will. Like, I, I mean, like IFC Magnolia, even neon or something, someone like that could come along. A24, and pick it up. A24. Even. Like, I feel like it will get picked up because that, like the performance is <laughs> so intense and, and the movie is so visceral that it's just one of those films that I think will play. And the score is great. Like, Oh yeah. yeah. Especially even in the end credits, like when you, when the oh, main yeah. theme plays again, it's, it's, it's so well done. Uh, this is, yeah. this is, this is muscular filmmaking at its best. Like this movie is mm-hmm. a lean, mean fighting machine and it mm-hmm. rose to the fucking end of the world. Yeah. I hope I can't, it's gotta get picked up. I hope, I yeah. hope, it will it'll get released i just uh, oh yeah yeah it just depends who picks it up but like it like it's just it's it's too good of a movie not to you know like yeah like like Furman's performance i think is even awards worthy to like you know to be considered at the end of the year we're talking about you know whiplash and black swan and and stuff like that like similar movies that also not bad for the star of orphan and i just always remember orphan also being a canadian shot movie that shot in and around toronto uh, at Centennial College, my uh, my school, and then also my screenwriter teacher being in it and talking about how Leonardo DiCaprio's company who produced the film flew every single sort of like supporting actor 
uh, to LA to not only audition, but to meet everybody else and then flew them back. Um, and then when the movie came out, there was this funny joke on chud.com when it was in its heyday that, uh, the promotional item that they had for orphan were, uh, beach, uh, beach balls, which made no sense. <laughs> sure. But look at uh, Wam Colette Sarah now. So, you know, I mean, I guess that was after House of Wax and stuff. Well, it was but. it was the one-two punch, I think, of, you know, Orphan and and House of Wax and then him kind of getting Liam Neeson as a meal ticket for a while with Unknown and um, Nonstop and and Run All Night and The Commuter, right? That kind of got mm-hmm. him. Now he's, now he's in good with The Rock, right? So he's Gucci, man. And he's a good director, uh, too. He is, and so I is, like him. And so yeah. is Lauren Hathaway, which I'm really excited to see uh, what she wait. does next. But baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. Love Hathaway it. sings the song. Uh, yeah, yeah, got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I got that. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. Um, if you like this, we have a lot of other Tribeca content that we would love for you guys to go check out. You guys can check out reviews right now for uh, Werewolves Within, Wolfgang, 12 Mighty Orphans, Italian Studies, Catch the Fair Ones. That's the sequel to Orphan, Um, 12 Mighty, or the prequel. (laughs) God. Um, So go check those out right here on Untitled Movie Reviews, Um, as well as we have some reviews for some streaming titles right now, like Disney Pixar's Luca, as well as uh, Netflix's Fatherhood uh, with Kevin Hart. Uh, So go check those out as well. And Wolfgang will also be available probably by the time you're even listening to this on Disney Plus Mm -hmm. uh, June 25th. So, yep, and Werewolves Within uh, will be in theaters, but then also on streaming the next week on July second. So, lots of good stuff uh, coming in the next couple weeks. Um, please go check out our other podcast, Untitled Movie Podcast. Go subscribe there. We'll have a new draft um, shortly for you, which covers you know our whole Tribeca experience as well as many other things. That'll probably be next week. We'll have the return of a show that we've been meaning to bring back for a while. So. Uh, stay tuned for that. We'll announce that on social and stuff when uh, when that'll be going up. Um, as well as follow us on Letterboxd at Untitled Podcast, which is where we post all of our reviews, schedules, lists. Um, uh, what else do we put up there? I don't know. Anything up. Uh, all our social links, everything you want. Everything you could ever want from Eric Marchin and Matt Rohrbeck and the Untitled Movie Podcast. Until we start our OnlyFans account. Yeah. Did you see they're pivoting away from pornography and, and yeah. moving towards? So, yeah. Which is weird um, because stupid, I mean, is it the whole really, point like, of like what they, what they, it's not like the whole their... point, but that's what, you know, people have used it for. Right. And then if well, you that's take what that I mean, away, I don't mean it's the whole point, but I mean like that's what yeah. they kind of built their brand on basically, or what made yeah. them popular. I don't even think they built that brand. It's the workers who are using that to, as their platform, because, you know, they were allowed to do that there and to take that away from them just because you want to get some funding, like seems pretty fucked up. Like if you just, well, it's the same thing with Instagram as well. Like, like I know Instagram has become even more conservative with that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And you know, anyways, we, that's a whole separate yeah. conversation, but yeah. yeah, but it's still interesting to like, look oh, at absolutely. like how like sort of sites like that adapt or change or like try yeah. to be like, you know, squeaky clean. And it's like, it's stupid then you're taking away like a a means to make money for like in a in a again we if you want to check out a review uh for a movie we covered at sundance called pleasure um i think we cover a little bit of that right where uh the porn industry of of like you know um, using and manipulating people and taking advantage of people and and only fans is one of those places that let 
you know, people take the control back and almost be like, no, I'm going to charge people and I'm going to make the content I want to make and, and things like that. So, um, and it's such a gray zone too, because like, th- you know, for the most part, like, you know, sex work is work. And as long as it's legal and everybody, you know, is completely on board with what's going on, like there's, there's no sex trafficking, there's no underage stuff like, like it should be fine, but there is this still there, you know, this apprehension of, you know, it all being seedy kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, that went somewhere to, different. I don't know where to transition now. Um, you can follow all of my work uh, around the internet, uh, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. Uh, Not quite on OnlyFans yet, yet being the key word. <laughs> um, and you can follow me on all the social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Legs, bodies, arms. Arms, bodies, legs.